All right, folks, this is Barack Lurie, the Lurie Law Podcast. Enjoying a little uh, intro from our good friends, the Gilton. Such a fine band. Um, I want to talk, you know, we're dealing with the times of, you know, two, two stories that kind of come out, and I don't really want to drill down on the two stories, Ari, uh, but you've got the Trayvon Martin case on the one hand, and then this Anthony Weiner business on the other hand, and and both of them in some ways have a similar um, motif, right? The motif of responsibility. Um, the Trayvon Martin case in many ways is about responsibility. Um, Martin, on the one hand, um, at least the family trying to excuse um, probably some very bad behavior. Uh, you know, why was he there? He was cl- clearly not, he was up to no good. He had the Skittles thing, which is probably drug related. Probably, you know, nobody knows for sure. Uh, and we have Zimmerman who, uh, yes, he shot and killed Martin, uh, likely in, def- in self-defense. Uh, but, you know, he's, he never pretended at any moment that he did not kill him never pretended that somehow he wasn't there at the scene, never pretended anything. Uh, they were unable to find any inconsistencies in the story of Zimmerman. Uh, here's a guy that, that kind of told what, what happened. And I'm sure he was very scared, but not once did he not accept responsibility for that. Uh, and I think that's kind of lost in the story. Um, so that's one, one responsibility story. And then, of course, Anthony Weiner uh, and the new revelations that uh, after he had already resigned from Congress before with the sexting, uh, inappropriate texting to, I I believe, an underage woman, girl, uh, that uh, he he continued doing it with the other woman. And this is while he's running for mayor now. And it's really quite a shocking story. And and it's all about, for him, he, he just wants people to stop talking about it. By golly, just stop talking about it because he wants to get the job done. Well, uh, I don't know how to even begin with this. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll start off with the, the lack of responsibility to his own wife, to his own family, his young family, um, and how he deals with that. But the action itself, the, the sexting itself with the, the photographs and everything else, it's, it seems so unseemly, right? It's so irresponsible. It's this notion that you can do things anonymously or, or what he perceives to be anonymous, of course. And, of course, he had lied through his teeth that this was not him and everything else. And the last thing he wanted to do was accept responsibility. And only when he was confronted with evidence that was so clear that it was him, that's when he began to embrace responsibility. And, that, uh, and, and then, of course, he, he lashes out at the media. This is a matter between me and my wife and my family. And uh, leave me alone. And... You know, not thinking for a moment that this is indeed a matter of responsibility. It is. Uh, And it does uh, matter in connection with the politics of everything. Because when you are in politics, your judgment matters a lot. Will you make good decisions? Will you make fair decisions for everyone? Will you think about what is right with a capital R? Uh, What is wrong with a capital W? Will Will you make those decisions that are morally just? At the end of the day, or will you do things that are personally expedient and beneficial to you? And the the people who do these kind of sexting things, 
they're they're um, engaging in very selfish behavior, right? I mean, it's really by definition, it's sneaky and it's selfish. It's it's only for self gratification, literally. It's narcissistic, and I always say, Ari, that people who are lazy are always lazy. People who lie always lie, or liars always lie. Um, and people who are sneaky like that tend to be sneaky. So it's not as if he'll be an upstanding citizen or upstanding mayor or whatever he wants to, to be an up, upstanding a, a government citizen uh, official when he's got so much disorganization in his life, his own personal life. It was one of the issues I had with Clinton as well, but there was another issue with him and, and that now I have with Wiener as well, is that when you engage in this kind of behavior and the enemy sees this, or whoever the enemy might be, foreign government or the mafia or whoever, uh, they know that you're capable of this, they'll exploit it, right? I mean, if you're, they'll know that Anthony Weiner doesn't mind uh, getting a lot of female attention, and he is a sucker for this, like kind of giving an alcoholic some, some beer, right? I mean, an alcoholic is more likely to accept your beer uh, in, in a weak moment than somebody who's not. Or a bribe or whatever else that you want. These people are susceptible. So I think it does matter quite a bit, and that's why it mattered a lot with uh, Monica Lewinsky. You get the idea. So we're talking about responsibility here. And I, I fear that Wiener, uh, such an inappropriate name when you think about it, of course. Perfectly appropriate. It's perfectly appropriate. Okay. But that's, <laughs> that's mean, true. That's true. I guess so. I, I, I joke around. I said, you it's know. It's like it, a leopard named Spots. Right. <laughs> you know, it's. Yeah. You know what you're dealing with. Right. The, the number one rule I always say is never engage in a scandal that has. Uh, the same name as your last name. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, for example, if your name is... If your is, last name is Swindle, don't right. Swindle. Don't swindle. <laughs> if your name is Johnny, oh, I don't know, Money Launderer, don't engage in money laundering. <laughs> okay, do something else. Johnny Robber. <laughs> Johnny Robber. It just makes it too obvious. So, <laughs> Mick Slaughter. <laughs> That's right. You just don't want to be there. <laughs> so OJ cuts her head off. You, know? <laughs> you get the idea. So, <laughs> you like this, I, I can see you like it. But just, uh, you know, Anthony Weiner, what, I mean, of all things, okay, I, I think we've descended, long, you know, far enough. No, you didn't descend, you're making the, the point that this I make person point. was completely self-aware that even their name would potentially color the perception yeah. of people about this. So, of all the gradations of sin you get involved in, that one in particular... If his right. name's Anthony Weiner and he was caught like Marion Barry smoking crack cocaine, his last name's not crack. That's right. It, it is just it, it was such a bizarre. I mean, in the story alone, it's it's ridiculous. So if his last name was Smith, Anthony Smith, uh, it, we would have enough fun with it, as it were, in the late night shows and everything else. Or the Johnson, or Johnson, whatever it is. But but uh, the fact that he has that last name, he you know, it's tough enough as it is already. I'm sure he was uh, you know bullied enough as a kid. But there he is, showing his as it were, wiener. Obviously, wasn't bullied enough. Otherwise, he'd learn a thing. <laughs> All <or> right. Two. <laughs> but look, responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. And and we title this this podcast the joys of responsibility. Why do I say the joys of responsibility, or being responsible? Okay. The other day, my 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 child. Um, both said to me, I asked them, do you like being a child? Do you like being a kid? 
And they said, yes, yes, I like it very much. They're eight years old and five years old. And I said, why do you like being a child? And they said, well, because grown-ups have to do things. They have to make sure that uh, they bring money to the family. They have to buy the food. They have to pay the bills. Um, they have to make sure that everyone goes to the doctor. They're talking about responsibility. And I can tell you, as much fun as I had as a child, you know, on the swing sets and everything else, I'd much rather be an adult. I just, I, I really would. With all its responsibilities and its all its frustrations and everything else, I like being in charge of my own life. And I like being the head of my household. I like being able to share the values that I have with my children. And that's the way, that, and that's why I think there's a joy in responsibility. Um, I, I believe that somebody like Zimmerman, who I don't think he's lied a day in his life, Okay, I think he went through a really tough time right now. Maybe he was overzealous. That's the worst you could say about him. But he didn't lie one bit about it. And he is now living a life where he feels, okay, good. I, I, you know, there was reasonable doubt. That's the way I felt about it. And I feel so sorry about the loss of life. But that's, those are the circumstances that happened. I don't think he's losing sleep about it. You know, he saved four people's lives last week. Yeah, no, I know about, I heard yeah, about so, that. And my hat's off to him as yeah. well. So, uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with Batman here. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? it's, This is Bruce Wayne. This is Bruce it's, Wayne. Hey, you know, and, and look, uh, he's not particularly handsome. He, he probably won't be a CEO of a major company, but he, he's, you know, he's an A-OK guy. He's, he's an average Joe who did the right thing, at least saving those people. Um, and by contrast, O.J. Simpson, right? Here's a guy who was also acquitted. But must live a very bizarre life, knowing that he, know, knowing that he that he did those horrible crimes, and got away with it, right? That must be. Uh, I, I can't imagine there's any joy in that. He got he, he got away with being very irresponsible, and he got away with it. And now, uh, he's living this life. Now, of course, he descended into some sort of madness, um, a sickness as well, and then he got arrested. For, for theft as well. I mean, his life was a mess after that. Putting aside the civil lawsuit, which found him to be liable for, I think, $31, $32 million. Putting all that aside, it was a horrendous life he lived. And uh, if you ask me, I, I, I'm, I think this is a man who uh, could visit death uh, quickly, and, and I, I would not mourn his loss whatsoever. So the responsibility, as much as it's a pain in the tushy, to pay your taxes. Um, I think there is a certain amount of peace that I have knowing that I have not overstated my deductions, knowing that I have not um, tried to cheat anyone, the government, as much as I don't like paying high taxes. I, I'll take my deductions, thank you very much, and that's all I'll do. I won't exaggerate it, I won't uh, inflate it, I won't have phantom numbers. Um, if a client, um, if I, if I tell a client that I, um, I was going to give him a draft of the motion that he was supposed to see uh, yesterday, and I, and, and now it's the next day, and I haven't done it yet, I'll call him up and I say I was supposed to do it. I apologize. No excuse. I'll give it to you very soon. It's going to be, it's going to be done. And, um, and it feels good. It feels good, uh, as opposed to uh, one attorney that actually. Uh, worked with me a little bit, um, and I had to let him go because he never accepted accepted responsibility. 
Have you noticed the people, Ari, that don't accept responsibility? Have you noticed that their lives are very messy? They're, well, they're, they have a sickness of the soul. It's yeah. Kind of like drug acts or gambling acts or alcoholics. They yeah. are, their souls are corrupted. I they're messed up. It's a good way of putting it. Their souls are corrupted. You know, it's, there are these sicknesses that people inflict upon themselves. Yeah. And the worst are the diseases of the soul because they're so easily fixed, actually. But... Yeah. They require a, an extremely large amount of responsibility and, uh, you know, the personal sacrifice to, to correct. And it, the funny thing is, people are very forgiving, right? If you just tell them the straight truth, gosh, I, I inverted the numbers on this. It should have been 45 and not 54. Boy, do I feel silly. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, it's amazing how much people, you know, you talk about how people want, and we say this in American society, people want to forgive. It feels good to forgive people. Yeah. And we an want people to say, whoops, I screwed up. I was wrong. I made a mistake. Here's the here's the refund. Here's the amount I owe you. Here's the yeah. fact or figure I got wrong. Mm-hmm. Here's the corrected, amended paperwork. That's right. Please accept my apology. Is I really intended on doing the right thing all along and I discovered I didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Here it is. Well, people go, great. People this is someone I can trust. Well, I, I, you just hit it on the head. I think the reason why people embrace people who are speaking honestly is because they're giving them an opportunity to, I mean, you, yes, you're revealing that you made a mistake and you're, you're vulnerable in that sense. Like people might judge you, but what you've done is you've shown that you're trustworthy, that you will not hide it from them. Uh, and that you will, in fact, tell it to them. That's a, a great blessing. And, and I value it so highly in my firm, for example. That, and, I, and I joke around uh, with my staff that they'll figure out at some point that they'll, they should purposely make a mistake that is not really a, a critical mistake. And then apologize for it because they'll get so many, so many brownie points from me as a result of it. So maybe uh, say something like, I apologize. I put too many stamps on this letter. You know, another 42 cents on this letter, and I really didn't mean to waste it. I, I, I'll make sure to be yeah, better about the next time, Mr. Lurie. Hold, right. hold on. And, 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 I'll, and, and I'll say, oh, well, really, it's okay. No, not, not a problem, you know. Um, don't worry about it. And, oh, you can take it out of my paycheck, Mr. Lurie. No, I'm not going to do that. I appreciate your involvement. Now, that's silly, of course, but there are opportunities that uh, people can take advantage of that way. Look, uh other people will say, going back to the whole thing about the messiness in people's lives, and I think the corrupted soul argument is a very good one, Ari. Other people, however, will say that it may be the cart before the horse. I mean, maybe you're, you know, you're, you may be confusing the, the result and the cause. Uh, what do I mean by that? I, I'm, I mean that maybe the reason why they're messy is because they haven't accepted responsibility or is they're messy and therefore they cannot accept responsibility because they're messy. They just have last, well, lost track of things. Can I point out part of the paradigm that that is especially true of the Clinton uh, situation and now with Wiener? Yeah. It's this very strange kind of equation where these people, and you see this in politics all the time, usually right. with Democrats, obviously, right. where they do something horrendous. And I mean horrendous where it's, it's bizarre and horrendous. Not just right. cheating on your wife, but doing something like Wiener did, which is weird and psychopathic. It's too. weird. Yeah. And then, That's so true. And then they turn around and use this kind of argument with the public. And this is, I find, laughable because no one articulates this. And hopefully I'm able to here. They essentially say, I screwed up, once busted, beyond a reasonable doubt. 
I, I screwed up. I need your forgiveness. I'm going to take responsibility. Now give me that position of incredible responsibility with your vote. And once you give me that position, I'll show you that I'm responsible. Right. With Clinton, I, I screwed up. I, I did this. I did that. I did that. And then, and then it's don't impeach me. I need to go back to work. <laughs> what? <laughs> so you want to keep all the perks of power to demonstrate the amount of responsibility is within your heart and soul after you've demonstrated how little responsibility is within your heart and soul? Yeah, it's really. Uh huh. Yeah, it's, it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre, bizarre way of thinking. Uh, it, the, the funny thing, and this is the narcissist in them, right? The narcissist will will expect you to uh, not only forgive them, but that you should forgive them, and that's. And that, and that whatever they did was not a big deal anyway, and you're silly for even bringing it up. And by the way, I don't think I did anything wrong at all, and uh, I don't even understand the context of why this should be. They, they, they create this right. whole world for themselves where they can do no wrong. Literally, they, they themselves can do no wrong. They think very highly of themselves. And that whatever mistakes happen are mistakes of circumstances that somebody else is responsible right. for. Right. It's kind of like the rapist being flabbergasted that the woman he just raped won't sleep with him afterwards. Yes. Or yes. the woman he just beat won't won't uh, go out and date with him with the black eye. Right. It, and and that's, huh? What do you mean you don't want yeah. to go out to dinner? I'm buying you dinner. Right. And that's, the, that's the shocking thing. That was your fault. <laughs> that's, that's the shocking thing about, um, about both Clinton and Wiener. Because uh, there's very similar stories, right? Uh, that they're so shocked, shocked that uh, the the population might uh, hold this against them uh, as a uh, as to, as to whether to vote for them or not. Shocked, right. or not, and, be and just beholden by their brilliance. Yes, their or response. to at least minimize it and forgive them. And, and it's it's somehow our problem for not forgiving them, and and not their problem for creating the mess in the first place. Right. Look, uh, responsibility is a very big animal. It's um, it's hard, and as you get older, um, you realize. As as my former uh, law partner once said, he and I and I really do respect him. He said, um, when I asked him about something, he said, "I do these things because the big man is watching," and I like that. I like that about him. Um, you know, I I believe he believes it, and he's very you know he's a church going man, and he. He really loves his faith. Uh, he's a good Christian. And he focuses on um, every step he takes, he assumes God is watching. And that's, I think that's a very good approach. And here's the funny thing about it. The more, uh, remember when you were, you were a kid in high school, let's put it this way. When you were in high school, um, we all had different high school moments and such. But I, I do think everyone had this one moment at least. You had a lot of work to do, a lot of homework, and for some reason, you got it done that night. Okay, it was all done, and you and you managed to get it all done. Maybe it's not. It wasn't. I don't know what you were doing in high school, but I never got. <laughs> I it. know. I know. You're going to bring this up, <laughs> but seriously, there, there, surely there was a day in high school or two where you got something done that you were supposed to get done. Okay. Okay. All right. No, yeah. seriously, and you felt good about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. you did. Yeah. You did. We all do. Or, or when it's when it's work today um, and there are a couple, let's say, three projects that you need to get out for whatever reason to email them out, get them out the door and and you do it and it feels good. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe you even did a fourth thing beyond what you thought you were you were able to do that day and you feel even better. 
wow, I'm, I'm just, my desk is clean. Or speaking about having a clean desk, you organize your uh, office and things are put away in a nice way and you feel organized and it, you know what? It feels good. That's responsibility. That's the, that's the joy of responsibility. And that's why I call this the joy of responsibility. It's, it's uh, not, we should be responsible, not just because it's the right thing to do with a capital R, but it actually feels good. It really does. And when you are, uh, ask any alcoholic who no longer is an alcoholic, who's gone through, well, I guess they're always, but, but they've gone through uh, AA meetings and they haven't had a drop. They've drink. gone through the healing. They've gone through the they're, healing. They're better. And they've, they've been um, sober for 15, 20 years. Yeah, where they all say, I can't believe I feel so good. Yeah, they love it. How about that? They love it. And they love not drinking. That's, that's their thing, yeah. right? That, and I'm, I'm vegan and I, and I love not eating meat and I love eating and not eating dairy. Okay, great. But it's, it's part of who we are. It's this, I wouldn't say asceticism, it's this notion like we, we live by a certain set of rules. And, and, and maybe, maybe you know, somebody will look at a vegan and say, okay, that's, those are crazy rules or something like that. And, and I might look at it. Yeah, but it doesn't matter the rules. But it doesn't it's matter. Kind of like exactly. It feels like when you've, when you've won the game within the context of the rules, which is by definition hard. There you go. Because the games are never easy. Right. It feels good to win. That's right. Because winning is not easy. Right. Winning and, takes work. And responsibility is the game. Right. It is the challenge. And when you meet it and you pay your taxes, you Get your bills out on time. You, um, uh, you, you pay your employees. You're honest to your clients. Um, you, uh, it feels great. Yeah. You feel like you're on top can, of the world. Can I, can I bring up a sort of a smaller example that mm -hmm. I think directly uh, correlates to Wiener and by proxy Clinton, which is this. Yeah. One thing I work on is is consideration. You know, not being a bull in a china shop, which is running people over right. to accomplish whatever goal it is. But you know, taking the time to open a door for someone you know who's got you know, stuff in their sure. hands or something like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I know I've been considerate to people, it makes me feel good. Because it's like, okay, I operated within those rules of the game and won. Right. And being considerate to people take a, a certain amount of self-awareness, awareness about who you are and what you're doing right. and what effect those doings and who you are have on others and what their perceptions of those are. Right. And that's a very difficult thing to do because it takes the empathy of seeing yourself through other people's eyes right. so that they, uh, you know, perceive you in a certain way and you accomplish something of making them feel good about being in your presence or affected you by, by you in some way. Right. And one of the most striking things about Wiener uh, running for this particular post, which is mayor of New York City, mm -hmm. Being in context of what he comes off as, just mm -hmm. physically and emotionally, how he strikes people, what he comes off as, as far as what he's done, this this violation of moral uh, standard, right. which is something quite bizarre, right. and then the utter lack of self-awareness in the fact that as mayor of New York City, in that position, the chances of having to be called upon in response to something like either a plane crash or a fire or an earthquake or a flood. I'm not New York, there aren't earthquakes there. That's not the point. Mm -hmm. Or something as horrible as 9-11. Imagine if 9-11 happened in Anthony Weiner's mayor, and for months after 9-11, like Giuliani, he's going to funeral after funeral after funeral, comforting family members, hugging wives and daughters, right. specifically, of people who have lost 
the man in yes, their life. That's right. And trying to give them a sense of comfort without distracting them of his presence. And to have, for this man to be so utterly self-unaware mm-hmm. that that would be a horrible distraction for people going through the most unbelievably imaginable amount of grief right. is so striking to me. Yeah. And so horrible that... This man has absolutely no consideration for others. No. And to me, well, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, well, look, we want, we want our leaders to make responsible decisions. Um, Wiener has reflected his, his evidence that he cannot make responsible decisions, or at least that he, that he, he does make irresponsible decisions. Um, maybe he's he can made, be counted on to make irresponsible yeah, that's right. decisions. That doesn't mean that he only makes irresponsible decisions, but we know that uh, he, he now has a track record of making irresponsible decisions. Just like a liar, uh, you know, he might liars don't lie, you know, a hundred percent of the time. They they lie maybe twenty percent of the time, right? But they're still liars. We call them liars because you can't rely on them for most of the time. You don't know when they're lying to you. It might be fifty percent of the time. And even if they're telling the truth, you're wondering. Is this you're the wondering truth? all the time. Yeah. And the same thing is true with uh, you know people who are irresponsible. Look, and I want to tell a story in, in my own law practice. I, I had a gentleman working for me on an independent contractor basis. I won't mention his name. Um, and he missed a hearing, okay, a hearing on a motion that we had filed. Um, and it was an important hearing. Okay, so he missed it. It does happen from time to time. Okay, it happens. Hopefully, you, hopefully when, when you miss it, it's just a, something as simple as a status conference, which is not a big deal. Uh, but it's a little bit embarrassing. And, and there's only one thing to do in those circumstances is to call up the court and say, I'm sorry. I, it appears I missed the status conference. I'm so, so sorry. I'll, I'll give a call back to my uh, you know, opposing counsel and apologize to him. Generally speaking, they'll say, oh, don't worry about it, Bob. Uh, you're, you know, it happens. Okay? This gentleman... Missed it. And he wrote to me about two, er- two hours later because the clerk of the court called him and said, where were you? And he writes to me and he says, I just learned that uh, there was a hearing today and that I missed it. And he says, I can't help but feel partially responsible for this. And I said, what? I wrote back and I said, partially? What, what is it about this that makes you think that you're not fully responsible? Well, your secretary didn't uh, calendar this for me. And I said, you're blaming my secretary? And he said, well, yeah, I mean, that's the way, that, that's, you know, he should have done this. And I said, okay, you're, you're a fool for this. You need to accept responsibility fully for this. It doesn't matter. You've you, you got to be a man here and you've got to be a lawyer. You're the professional and you've got to be on top of it. You've always got to be you know your own calendar. That's it. You cannot just tell your, blame it on your secretary. You do or my again. secretary. Yeah. Or anyone's secretary. Yeah. You, you, you do it once again and you're fired. And I was very strong with him on this one. And then, uh, you know, later on, um, you know, he, he apologized and then, but not quite apologized. He tried to, you know, I said, who do you think you're fooling? I mean, the only person who's here, you're never going to convince me that you're, that you're not responsible for this. You, you, can, you can point to, we'll call him John, the secretary. You can point to John all you want and that he fell asleep when, after you sent him the email doing this. And, and then never, I don't care. You are ultimately responsible. I can't have that. I, what are you going to do? You're going to tell the judge when you go to court, uh, when, he, when he asks you uh, where is the filing and all that. And you're going to say, well, my secretary forgot to file it. 
Is that what you're going to say to the judge? Because if you are, you're fired now. I, I, can't, I can't accept that. You're going, to, you're going to say, Your Honor, I'll check into it. It all falls on me, and I'm sorry that it's not been filed. I will, fi I will make sure that it's filed no matter what. Today. Okay? That's what you do. And then you can go back to the office and, and, and tell your secretary, John, hey, I thought I told you to do this. Where is it? And that's, it was embarrassing in front of, you know, for the court. But you would never blame the secretary. You never blame anybody else. You only blame yourself. In short, you accept responsibility. You might as well blame the judge if you, if you want right. to screw things up that yeah. badly. And, and the funny thing is that he thought he could fool me, he, that he could convince me somehow. And I told him, we'll call him Bill, Bill, you cannot convince me. It's like the, it's like I, 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 I'm sorry this may sound a little crass, but it's it's a very good way of uh, describing it. Uh, it's like two people are, are in an elevator. It's only two people, and one of them lays out a big garlic burp. Okay. Okay. And then and it's a really loud sound. Okay, too. So it smells and it's loud and it's obnoxious, right? And you say, dude, that was really vulgar. And then he says. I didn't do it. You did it. <laughs> right? And you say, what? And you look around. There's like nobody else in the elevator. <laughs> like, who do you think you're convincing? <laughs> that's so blatant. It's so blatant. <laughs> and, and then that's the way it was with this this uh, this guy that it worked for me. At least have someone else in the elevator if you're going to yeah, try to that's pull right. that. Yeah, if you're going to try to pull, you know, like, well, you can't prove it. <laughs> yeah, but, but between the two of you, like, and I, and, I, and I told them, Bill, you cannot, and again, it's a fictitious name, Bill, you cannot convince me. We're, in that case, <laughs> you know, the two, two guys in the elevator, right? Anyway, responsibility. And, and you know what? And the rest of the day, I mean, he, all he could be thinking is, I wonder if I fooled him. I wonder if I fooled him. I and, and as if, and I, and I told him, Bill, do not think the rest of the day that in, in any shape or form that you've convinced me or that you will. <laughs> Or that somehow by leaving the conversation that I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> I, I think you're a schmuck for doing this. But also, just it, it, just like Wiener blaming, uh, you know, and I even, wait, wait, I even I even scripted it for him. Yeah. I even said to him, Bill, again, not his real name, Bill, here's all you have to say. Say, hey, Barack, I'm sorry. You know, it was just a big oversight. You know, and it does fall on me. I'm so sorry. I it, it really won't happen again. And, uh, yeah, you're I'm giving a little bit him a line reading in the scene, and he can't even act it, that. And, and I said, just, just say that, and I'll say, no problem, Bill. No problem. And I'll shake your hand, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll forget about it. And he still couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, there are people like this, and Wiener is a great example yeah. of this, where they just can't let it go. It becomes so complicated. It's, you can't just do this. Right. You, there's a light switch over there. It's off. Can you switch it on? Oh, I don't know. No, 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 no. Yeah. Just switch it on. <laughs> It'll take you a second. But here's the point that people like Bill, or for that matter, Wiener, uh, or or anybody in, in that, they, they can't go around in their lives after they do this. They, it cannot be a joyful thing, right? They, those are the people that truly do not enjoy responsibility. Well, I think because, but because, yeah. because they don't engage in responsibility, they don't like the idea of responsibility because they. They like to be able to get away with things all their lives, and they do. Yeah, well, I think there's a, a one, um, so we say, uh, element of the physics of this that we're ignoring, which is density. Yeah, you know, to make sort of a Einsteinian analogy, mm -hmm. a lot of these people are so dense. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, the, the symptom is their lack of self-awareness, but the, the disease is denseness, but they're so dense they don't get it. They literally don't get it. Right. It's like you're... They you're, don't get it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a big like, important. It's like trying to explain um, the English, uh, uh, the difference between a noun and a verb to a dog. Right, right. The dog can sit. Right. The dog can stay. Dog can come. The dog can fetch. Roll right. over. Shake. Well, but but it's like it, but, it's like the guy. I think you've got a good, very good point. Maybe maybe uh, I, I'm turning around on this a little bit. Maybe the, there's two guys in the elevator where the guy says, "No, I didn't. I didn't do the burp. You did." He actually thinks that that he can convince the guy who didn't burp that he did that and, he was the one that burped. And he believes through his narcissism that he's so perfect right. that I'm incapable of a stinky belch that's in a right. crowded elevator yeah, that's or, a, that's or even an empty elevator. Or All right, so I'm going to leave this podcast with one question to you. It's kind of a, almost a rhetorical question. You don't know anything about this Bill guy, the, this attorney. Oh, I do now after you <laughs> told me about I, him. I, okay. but, but I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> oh, I'd ask yeah. any listener uh, the, the following question. Do you think, Bill, what, he has his own office. Describe his office to me. Um, disorganized. If, if it's in neat condition to, to the eye aesthetically, mm-hmm. it's not functioning well. It's not organized. Yeah, it's equivalent it's of putting things likely, under, the, under the rug. Right. It's most likely disheveled. Mm-hmm. It's most likely unhygienic. It most likely has a slight smell of old... Uh, food somewhere kind of like the guy who thinks he has a clean car but he constantly throws apple and cores and banana peels under the front seat to put them out of sight but the smell of rot is kind of per, you know permeating the vehicle you know that kind of thing but yeah. in in the legal document terms you got it to a t you got it exactly to a t it is uh it's it, almost all of his carpet is uh unseeable <laughs> almost uh there was about a square foot that i could actually see and um I was shocked. I was really shocked after I saw it for the first time. Anyway, at some point, uh, he just never got around to accepting responsibility. Um, there was one case I actually referred to him um, in, in the middle of all this, and he didn't even bother to thank me for it because, you know, uh, that's... He well, why think should about you? It. You're not perfect. He is. That's right. Yeah. So, look, uh, that's the way it is with him. And he's not enjoying his life. And if you were to ask him the question, what would you prefer to be, a child or a grown-up? You and I would say grown-up. He would say a child. Yeah. Okay? And that is the joy of responsibility. All right, my friends. It's been a pleasure talking to you all. Um, And I'm looking forward to talking next week about our new favorite topics. So many things to talk about. I do love to talk about law and how it all affects us one way or the other. This is Barack Lurie at the Lurie Law Podcast. Talk to you next week. And thanks for listening.